Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning, friends. Come on in, pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Amanda Miller, and we are so excited to have you here with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Mr. Cameron Clutters, our barista, and this morning we'll be talking about the spiritual and corporal works of mercy with two of our friends from the Knights of Columbus, Dr. Eric Yang and Chris Sarka. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. Shall we start in prayer? Let's do it. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for another day. Thank you for your love and for your goodness, for all the ways that you are sustaining us, for all the ways that you are drawing us closer and closer to your sacred heart. Lord, we ask for the grace to dive into that heart, to offer our hearts to you and to know and love your own heart. Lord, we ask that you also just give us the courage to serve our neighbor, to meet them wherever they're at, and to bring Christ to them. Transform our hearts so that Christ may speak to all of those around us, whoever we encounter. We ask our lady's intercession as she prays and intercedes for us. We offer this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Guys, conference week. The men's conference coming up this Saturday, the 24th at the Ohio Expo Center. This is unbelievably the 27th annual men's conference. 27 yeah. years. <clears throat> the theme this year, the Eucharist, Go Deeper. John Edwards, Chris Stefanik, and Father Burke Masters will be the keynote speakers. Get your tickets at stgabrielradio.com. Do, do, do it now. <laughs> do you know how many you've been to so far? It hasn't been 27. Not all 27. I, I had a really good run going, but then, actually, it was the last time that Chris Stefanik was here, uh, Katie and I went up to Walsh for, she had some interviews uh, scheduled that day, so I listened to the conference on the way up to Canton and back and participated that way, mm. but other than that, boy, I think it's probably been... 17 year streak or so mm -hmm. yeah lots of blessings uh every every year and <clears throat> guys i would encourage you to do, do the same just pray what um uh to the lord and ask what he wants uh wants uh to give you and some years it's the speakers other years it's fellowship uh uh some years it's just uh having quiet time mm -hmm. which you can do in a room full of a bunch of guys. You know, you can find that quiet space. There's a, a place set apart for adoration. Uh, this year we'll have uh, the relic of St. Padre Pio as well. So, yeah, just go. Go where the Lord leads you. And uh, it's, always, it's always a blessing. And one of the things that I, I really appreciate from our men's ministry here in Columbus is... Uh, it's never been intended to be a one-and-done mm -hmm. event. Mm -hmm. It's always go, go deeper um, in, in your, into your families, into uh, fellowship with other guys, whether it's a fraternal organization like the Knights or a men's small group. Um, just uh, go where the Lord is leading, but go. Mm -hmm. take, take that step. So, 
And you had a good experience at the women's conference. Yes, I really did. Uh, And it was beautiful to be able to be at the St. Gabriel Radio booth and just get a chance to to talk to everyone who came up. And yeah, and then in my own time, listening to some of the speakers, I really did receive some good fruits. So an adoration, of course, is always beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And we should invite our friends to visit us at the St. Gabriel booth as well. Yes, yes, please come. What I'm looking forward to is, Dave, we also have the recordings available, correct? Because I, I had do. to miss a couple. I miss most of them, actually. Yeah. Um, the only talk I was really able to listen to in, in its entirety was uh, Father uh, Anastas um, on my way to the to the fairground Saturday morning. But yeah, they're all up on the St. Gabriel website, stgabrielradio.com. You go to podcasts, uh, conferences, and all the talks are there. And we'll do the same for the men next week. Uh, the re-airs will be happening uh, 7 a.m. Uh, this Sunday for the women's conference goes three and a half hours. We have all, all five talks back to back, so 7 to about 10.30. And then the men's replay, I'm planning for 8 a.m., uh, Sunday, the 25th. Great. So today's gospel Wednesday of the first week in the season of Lent. Today, we also celebrate, uh, St. Peter Damien, Bishop and doctor of the church. But this, uh, gospel reading for today is from Luke chapter 11, verses 29 to 32. While still more people gathered in the crowd, Jesus said to them, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks a sign, but no sign will be given it, except the sign of Jonah. Just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to to this generation. At the judgment, the Queen of the South will rise with the men of this generation, and she will condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And there's something greater than Solomon here. At the judgment, the men of Nineveh will arise with this generation and condemn it, because at the preaching of Jonah they repented. And there is something greater than Jonah here. Something greater than Jonah here. Who could that be? <laughs> Jesus, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, I think what I'm first struck by in my Alexio this morning was just that she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And uh, it does make me think of, you know, it takes humility to not only receive another's wisdom, but to go actively seek it out. And Mm, that struck me, you know, yeah, just seeking out wisdom and um, being humbled enough to allow the Lord to change our hearts through others, to allow ourselves to receive wisdom from others, but also from, of course, going to God himself and asking him, Lord, what is it in my life that I I need to seek wisdom in this area or need to be changed in this area? 
and receiving that humbly and then hopefully acting upon it. What you got, Cam? I'm just reflecting on like being so uh that that humble aspect that you were pointing out there, Amanda. Um I've been reading Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales for Lent. And at one point in the beginning, he's talking about how um, our soul needs to become young again, mm-hmm. that we've we've grown old in our sin, um, which is actually something that C.S. Lewis talks about, too, who's my other favorite author. And um, really just like chewing on how, you know, Jesus is saying the men of Nineveh will arise in judgment with this generation and con- uh, and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here, because they were humble enough to make themselves little again. They were, they were, they allowed their souls to become young again. And when we, in our sin, our soul, our soul grows old, we become almost like blind to those things. And that's kind of been my prayer over the last couple of days: is Lord, make like clear up my eyes again and make me not blind to my own self. It would be really easy. For the people of that generation to look at Nineveh and say, oh, those sinners, they're lucky God didn't destroy them, right? Which is essentially what Jonah does. He comes in and he doesn't even preach like, repent. He just says, 40 more days and you're going to die. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and yet they they have the littleness to, to see that the Lord will be merciful and that the Lord will meet them where they're at. Um, and I desire that littleness too. And so, Lord, don't let the men of Nineveh, you know, condemn me. But instead, I, I hope that every day I have an opportunity to learn to be little again. Mm-hmm. How about you, Dave? I like this uh, little summary from the Magnificat where the evil generation, on the other hand, remains reluctant to believe, demanding a sign a sign out of pride, self-reliance, and skepticism. Mm. <laughs> I mean, isn't that all of us? I mean, at, to, to some degree, you know, what, what, what's holding us back? And we're, we're talking um, also about the creed with uh, Dr. Marlin now, and, and just that word believe. Uh, what, do, what does that mean for us? Uh, is it an intellectual assent, or is it um, deeper than that? And it, spoiler, it's deeper than that. <laughs> the so I think it's a question for each of us to ask. Um, number one, what what's holding us back from making that ascent, and then also how deep are we being called, and what needs to change in terms of self reliance, pride or skepticism, um, to make that ascent to, to God. Mm-hmm. So. And Lent is a wonderful time to do that. That's right. Slow down, disconnect from the things that might be distracting you, um, or just, yeah, or just the things that are in your head, uh, to make room for God uh, this season. Praise be to God. This morning, we're going to talk about the corporal and spiritual works of mercy with two of our friends, Chris Sarko, Sarka and Dr. Eric Yang. We'll be back in a moment.
Heavenly Father, today I pray for our suffering nation, that you would raise up godly leaders with hearts and minds open to your truth. I pray for our government leaders, our military, and our first responders. I beg that in your mercy you would replace division with unity, hatred with love, evil with purity, chaos with peace. Most of all, I pray that the knowledge of your goodness and sovereignty will spread across this nation, setting hearts afire. But I also humbly recognize that I play an important part of that process in the way I treat every person you send my way. Therefore, Lord, open my eyes and heart and let me not be blinded by my own understanding. When I am tempted to take an us-against-them viewpoint, help me rather to see each person as a precious son or daughter of God. And then, Lord, give me the grace to love that person as you do. You have created me for such a time as this, Lord, and I am ready to do your will. Amen. Do you have a minute for lasting happiness? Living virtuously is the way to freedom, happiness, and holiness. To grow in virtue, we must learn about it, practice it, and persevere in it. This is what the saints have achieved with excellence. An excellent example of the virtue of faith is seen in Mary, the mother of Jesus. The Blessed Virgin Mary lived the virtue of faith heroically by saying yes to God and agreeing to become the mother of Jesus, even when she did not understand what this would mean for her. She practiced faith by standing with her son when he was being crucified, still believing in God's plan to save his people, even though his life was ending. Let us ask Mary to pray for us, that we may grow in faith and know God and all that He has revealed. Educate yourself in virtue. Learn more at educationinvirtue.com. I'm Lori Kronk, and this is a Holy and Healthy Minute. When people start an exercise program, they often say they don't consider themselves quite ready, or they aren't sure they can commit to a set program. A good coach will meet them wherever they are, no matter what their athletic level. Ask them to commit to the process, trust in the coaching, and be patient with their progress. It's the same in our relationship with God. We don't have to be at a certain spiritual level for God to work with us. He accepts us and loves us where we are and will make patient progress if we commit to His way and trust in Him. From Proverbs chapter 8, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. So let us diligently seek the Father, opening our hearts to His love, trusting in His coaching, and patiently allowing Him to love and lead us. Hi friends, welcome back to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and with us now in the cafe, Chris Sarka and Eric Yang from the Knights of Columbus. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. So let's start. We're going to talk about the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, but let's get to know you first. So Chris, tell us about yourself. Yes, thank you. Um, so I've been a knight for over 26 years now, mm -hmm. and uh, it's uh, been just such a wonderful experience and opportunity. And uh, I believe I was called to join by an invitation from my father, uh, mm -hmm. and that was really special to me because our father or your father my, my okay eternal <laughs> father, <Personal> father. <laughs> <laughs> but both. Ba maybe both obviously yeah. <laughs> uh, but i i saw such the the great works and deeds that were being done in the community in our 
parish where I grew up and just knew that was an opportunity to be part of something special to serve others. And uh, that led me where I am today and eventually growing with the Knights. And now I'm blessed to have the opportunity to serve at our state council as our state advocate. Okay. We heard a, a little bit of a reflection or a reflection from Lori Crock leading into this segment on, uh, on seeking the Lord. What was it that you were seeking uh, in a fraternal, or, fraternal organization? Oh, great, great question. Uh, I think there's, there's many things that draw the attention, but the, the one that really drew me in was just, you know, we are called to, to be a a servant of our Lord Mm -hmm. and to serve others and to love others as ourselves. And it was that opportunity to do that and have the support of so many beside you yeah. to accomplish those tasks. And that's what makes uh, the night special is we're here to uh, work together to provide that opportunity to others. Mm. Very good. And we'll, we'll dive deeper into this, but um, the Knights very do this very well with both the spiritual works of mercy as well as the corporal works of, uh, of mercy. Um, so Eric, how did you get uh, wrapped up in the nights? <laughs> That's a good, good uh, description of it. I've been a night 11 years, and I, actually I was involved as a parish captain for the Catholic men's ministry at that time. Uh-huh. And I saw an announcement on our, uh, I belong to uh, Columbus St. Peter, and on the parish bulletin I saw the meeting of the nights was coming up. And I was attending one of the uh, kickoffs for the um for the men's conference, I was talking to uh, a fellow parishioner who turned out to be the the Grand Knight. And I, I said, I was thinking about just attending and didn't know that it was not open to non-members. And uh, emails started going around. Uh, within a month, I was a knight. So, <laughs> um, And it's the best uh, experience I've had uh, being service and fraternity. Is that and- what you were seeking? Uh, service and, yeah, and I fraternity. think growing in faith, you know, the first thing that we uh, aim for is growing together in faith uh, and serving our pastor and our parish mm-hmm. and then moving out from there, like living the um, joy of the gospel through our works and service. So, and, you know, I, and now I am um, blessed to serve as district deputy and also a growth coordinator cover. Uh, covering councils in the Columbus Diocese, and I'm a fourth degree knight, and my um, a, what's called the district pilot, uh, and I publish the uh, um, schedules for the honor guards and color guards for mm-hmm. Steubenville and the Columbus Diocese. Two dioceses. Yeah. So wow. The district three covers those two. Okay. Dioceses. Okay. Knights will be represented at this uh, Saturday's men's conference. Yes. At the beginning of each conference, for as long as I can remember, uh, the color guard, yes. honor guard, posting of the go- colors. Mm-hmm. Um, a beautiful way to start the day. So, the Knights of Columbus have four principles. Um, 
or pillars. I, I call them principles. Principles, yes. Prin- the first principle uh, is charity. And this principle from uh, the kfc.org website is the basis of all we do as knights and as Catholics. The principle being charity. And now there remain faith, hope, and charity. These three, writes St. Paul, but the greatest of these is charity. So that's the focus of knights coming in, right? To, to make that first degree is to understand um, the works of mercy, essentially. You know, how, how the, the charitable works of the knights that you're called to as knights, but then also as Catholic men. And so one of the things I want to talk about with you this morning is as, as, as Christians, as Catholics, we're all called uh, to, to perform these works of charity. And you guys do this in a particular way as, as Knights of Columbus. And you bring that into, uh, into your families and into your parishes. But it, um, Let's talk about some of the ways that um, the corporal works of mercy, feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, clothing the naked, harboring the harborless, visiting the sick, ransom, ransoming the captive and burying the dead. What are some of the ways that the knights live out these, these works of mercy? Well, there's obviously, <clears throat> from an uh, organizational perspective, you know, we, we see where the Knights go out and donate to food pantries to, uh, to serve in soup kitchens or, or volunteering to conduct food drives to uh, support those in need. Uh, but that's at a global perspective where we come in at the, at the local level with the Knights is we're able to identify specific needs, work with our, our parish priest, work with our communities, and understand better the details of the need that are approached and, and asked us to do. And uh, this is that, uh, that special opportunity to experience that love and service within our own communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> I think that's where we feel such great honor to have that opportunity to serve others and experience that love. Mm-hmm. Actually, I remember in Chris, just like you had shared about seeing your father, you know, do works of service in the nights and which sparked your heart to serve. Um, In my own home parish community, the nights are also very active. And I was a part of a couple different like women's groups. And it was always beautiful to see how the the nights would come in early sometimes and prep the space or prepare food because they knew the women were going to be embarking on some kind of retreat or something. And um, so I saw them do small things here and there, and I'm sure they did way more than I ever saw, but it was to always receive, excuse me, to receive that service and to see them come in humbly and serve our church and our parish in those ways. was just always so uh, inspiring and very grateful. We are very grateful. Guys like to do projects, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and that's, I, I know you're, uh, Chris, you're at Church of Resurrection, right? Yes. Um, tell some stories about uh, seeing needs within parish families and, and the nights. 
get getting involved when they see a need, responding to that need. You know, there was a there was a wonderful opportunity presented to our council just recently here, and uh, uh, there was a uh, a woman in our community that had some very unfortunate circumstances in her life with the loss of her hus- husband, not once, but twice. Mm. And there are projects at her home that remained uncompleted. And one was just finishing the deck of, of her home to enjoy and experience that enjoyment with her kids. And where the night stepped in is once our parish heard the call for that need and granted we're, we, you know, we're very fortunate parish where we're at. Uh, when we go out and serve other communities and that are, are more in need of that service, but we also listen for, uh, what may not be easily seen by others in our own communities. And this is an opportunity to potentially give peace to this woman, in our community, um, to take that burden off of her mind. And so we, we band together with a, a group of knights in our council to go out and not just finish that project, but to completely dismantle, do it correctly, to code, make sure it's safe, and make sure it became a beautiful artwork at the end for her and her family to enjoy. And uh, that, that was just a recent project. Obviously, there's so many that we do each and every day. Uh, but that one was easy to come back and reflect because it was just this past, uh, within this past year. Mm. Eric, talk some about the relationship, uh, that the councils have with, uh, with their pastors. Cause I know there's a, a lot of our priests, number one, are knights, right? And, uh, tell, tell us about the, the relationship that you have with the priests. So, yeah, as I mentioned before that, uh, well, in my role as a, growth coordinator, I usually reach out to new e-members. First thing I say to them is our main goal is to support our parish and work with our pastors. So the the, um, councils have a close tie with their pastor, and we always value the pastor's request. So uh, at St. Peter, uh, most of you know, we're in the process of merging with St. Joan of Arc, and Father Schock, our pastor, has approached that we have, and I'm the district deputy of three of the, we have three councils, um, the St. Peter 11216, English speaking, San Pedro 18195, Spanish speaking, and the St. Joan of Arc 10765. Shout out to those councils. But, uh, and, uh, you know, Father Shock asked us to co- cooperate in our activities, and we strive to do that. So, pastor's requests are main focus and whatever the needs of the parish are so what a wonderful resource for the priests because they chris as you were getting at um the the priests see the need um from within their parish and talking to their people to their flock and they know that they can trust the knights to step forward and get it done we were speaking with um uh, Kathy Scanlon and uh, Madeline Pesavento from two of the pregnancy help centers here in Columbus. And, and the gratitude around the um, ultrasound machines. So tell yes. us about how the Knights got involved with uh, 
with that work of providing ultrasound machines to the pregnancy centers? Well, from a from a local opportunity, it was our Columbus chapter who has the direct connections to the pregnancy centers. And, and I don't discount also the, the local councils will step in and supply that need as well if mm-hmm. they're so fortunate to have that opportunity to financially make that support. Um, we have the wonderful partnership with our Supreme Council, which directly supplies 50% of the financing if approved through the diocese for that ultrasound donation. Is the Supreme Council then the national yes. leadership? Okay. And uh, so obviously that is that is a very important part, you know, to help uh, help those women in need and, and pr- provide that comfort and opportunity to save a life. And, you know, I believe we are now nationally over a thousand ultrasounds wow. installed within communities of having that need. And uh, it's, that was just a, uh, a wonderful experience. I, uh, maybe two years ago where we did the last one at the Women's Care Center, um, to see that room prepared, have everything ready, and all that was needed left was to financially help support that piece of equipment to save mm-hmm. lives. And uh, that is just something we, we, we talk about giving and receiving back and to, to experience that is just such a joy to receive back knowing the works you are doing. Chris Arca and Eric Yang here in the St. Gabriel Cafe. We're talking about the night's service and the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. How are you getting uh, younger men in, involved in the nights. I mean, what, what, what is it about the nights and doing these projects together and having this fraternity that is, um, especially, uh, appealing to the younger generation? Not that you guys are the older generation, but, um, getting there. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, this has been such an important part of the Catholic church going back to, uh, father McGivney in over a hundred years ago. Right. I mean, in the nights just celebrated hundred and, 2550 I mean it was, it was a big anniversary yeah but it's been active um in, in our in our parish communities for so long across generations what what's appealing to the younger generation now and what what is it about the knights well that's a really good question I think if we had that answer a hundred percent our membership would be uh would be growing at an exponential rate uh, but we do experienced great growth in the diocese. Um, obviously Eric being our growth coordinator does a wonderful job reaching out in that personal, um, relationship with men that are interested to kind of help, uh, give them the, the, uh, the knowledge to take those next steps within their communities and, and councils. Um, but I think, you know, one time I heard it was, it's kind of a soft ask, Mm-hmm. And then you get the courage to work together to do those great things. And uh, for me, if, if I had to recall on as just turning 18 and joining the Knights, it was really about having that fun as a, uh, as a, the fraternal side, the, the social aspect, um, to play some sports activities that were offered within the council. And that gave the comfort to, to work together as a, as a group 
as a group of young men coming together to, to experience those things and grow in into. Um, and I think maybe that might be an opportunity to move forward. The, the other part is, um, you know, men are also looking for that spiritual guidance and need and development. Um, and that's really kind of, if you had to shorten up our, our phrase as knights, and you hear it a lot today from our Supreme Knight, it's first in faith and charity. And uh, we, we see that, that need, young men wanting to become deeper in their faith mm-hmm. and have that opportunity not to do it alone, but to experience that with other men, with families. Uh, you know, we, we're, a, we're a men's organization, but we're more than that. We're really a family organization. And even though our membership may be directly related to Catholic men, we bring our families to not only experience what we do, but uh, they, they live that, they get to have that same opportunity, and we're here to, to help provide that spiritual growth for our own families. Yeah, as a growth coordinator, too, I, I first thing I say to uh, a young man uh, that I'm speaking to is that, again, our first and foremost, our goal is to grow in faith and to serve our parishes. So, And I know a lot of them have young families to take care of, and we um, we emphasize that, you know, a lot of us uh, invest a lot of time in the nights, but to start off, they don't need to do that. They could, you know, just slowly uh, participate in our activities, uh, attend some meetings, and be um, start uh, enjoying our fraternity. So that's, and, you know, they see our activities in the parish, and hopefully that uh, attracts some young men, so... From the beginning, it was always meant to overflow into the family. So, I mean, first and foremost, what um, what men experience within the nights and the meetings and 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 the activities together was never meant to stay within the yeah. fraternity, as you were saying, Chris. It was meant to overflow in, into the families, into the parishes, into the communities. How how has that changed each of you? Because the um, the nights have and a lot of people, unless you're a knight, don't see this, but all, all the tools and resources that have been developed to help men grow um, in, in their faith. What, what's it been like in, in your life, Chris? The spiritual aspect. It's probably offered the opportunity again to not put so much pressure to experience that growth individually. Mm. It's, it's wonderful to re to have time alone to reflect and to, uh, work on your own, uh, your needs spiritually, but to have a group to help guide you. Um, you know, we, uh, we rely on our priests to help in our growth in our spiritual growth. And that's kind of, uh, where I see the correlation is we're, we're relying on others to help us and mm-hmm. to be part of the nights is we have a group that is going to help us in that growth. It's, it's, it's not solely reliant on just our individual efforts. And, uh, you know, if, if it was just myself 
reading a Bible, I may be confused on something or be led in a different direction on what that is explaining, but to, to have other men help guide me in that, uh, you know, we see that with uh, Bible study groups today. Mm-hmm. And, but that's kind of how the Knights fall into that, that same category. It, it's we're helping each other with that understanding. Uh, with me, you know, um, of course, prayer is a ma- major aspect of the Knights of Columbus. Um, instead of before joining the Knights, of course, I prayed. I started to pray the rosary, but this um, joining the council, we prayed together. Uh, some councils pray before the meetings, but at St. Peter, we would have, uh, we'd promote uh, devotion to our Blessed Mother by uh, sponsoring uh, rosary every Saturday of May mm. and also reaching out to organizations groups within the parish by having them uh, take on and leadership on leading the each decade of the rosary so um, and, and again that emphasizes faith and also fraternity within our councils and in our parish so I think there might be a behind the scenes look at that as well um, not something you see the council do uh, within the community but it may just be that fellow brother night tapping you on the shoulder after he may see uh, something in your heart that needs to be discussed. And uh, that's been a, a blessing to, to have that individual come forward. And there's been many in my life and experience within the nights where um, they show that love and intention to, to help and assist you where you're at in your faith journey. And that's been an amazing experience. Chris Sarka, Eric Yang here in the cafe with us this morning. We're talking about the Knights of Columbus and some of the works that they do uh, to to lift each other up and and then also to serve the communities in which uh, in which we live. Mentorship is, I know, in um, the secular world and in my career, um, having those more senior in the ranks to to mentor me professionally is something that you know is so easily pursued i think we need to do a much better job um in making these opportunities known to the broader um catholic community uh this is speaking specifically of men if you have professional and work-related mentors why wouldn't you want to pursue mentorships in the faith and Chris, from what you were saying, I mean, this is readily available in the Knights of Columbus. You're surrounded by men from different generations, different um, points in their in their spiritual journeys. Why not take advantage uh, of, of these opportunities? Yeah, um, you know, when I first uh, uh, joined the Knights, um, there were Knights that started. Oh, we could. They were already planning on when I'm going to be a Grand Knight, and slowly tried to urge me to take a position. So, and, you know, I've had great mentors in the Knights of Columbus and basically uh, formed great uh, friendships within the parish, including, as Chris mentioned, it's not just the men, it's also the mm-hmm. um, the families. So my wife has formed great friendships with the families and wives of the brother Knights. But now in my position, and although I'm only, well, 11 years as a Knight, um, it's my turn now to slowly 
mentor the other councils and uh, new knights. And although I still seek uh, guidance from Chris and other knights who have been longer knights, although Chris is not younger than me, but <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Tell us about uh, coming back around to the um, some of the works that you do. Uh, vocations. Uh, we spoke with uh, Bishop Fernandez earlier this week. Uh, he has two priorities for the Diocese of Columbus, evangelization and vocations. And I know the Knights have long supported uh, vocation awareness and actual um, tangible support of our seminarians. What are some of the things that you do? Uh, well, well, speaking of support of our seminarians, um, you know, there's, there's many things we do, but the financial support is a big part because it, it lets us raise those funds and direct the needs to the diocese who has the knowledge of knowing how to uh, understand where the support is needed and apply those funds. But the Knights understand that need and that growing need today to provide that financial support and to give a, a great example you know, over the state of Ohio, just last year, we raised, I believe, almost $170,000 for vocations and for our seminarians. Um, and that's just a testament to uh, all of our Knights in Ohio and in the Columbus Diocese and their belief that we need to grow and support our vocations. Mm-hmm. Is there a Knights Council at the Josephinum? Yeah, it's Council 15009. Uh-huh. So I'm not the district deputy, but since I'm from faculty there, they know where to find me, and they always approach me for guidance. And uh, I interact with their uh, district deputy to guide them. But, uh, yeah, so. And, and I, as uh, as we mentioned before, that a lot of uh, priests are brother knights, and they start off by being knights at the Josephinum. So. And um, they start our support with the seminarians. I think it starts off in their minds and in their vocation that the knights are there to uh, to help them through for whatever they need uh, as they uh, in their discernment and also uh, when they get their assignments that they could always um, uh, rely on the knights for the support and within the parish. So, mm-hmm. and and I'm blessed to see. Uh, be uh, interact with the seminarians at the Josephinum. So we're we're speaking with Eric Yang and uh, Chris Sarka about the Knights of Columbus. Is it the same thing that attracted you guys to to the Knights of Columbus? That's attracting the seminarians. Are are they looking for the same things in a fraternal organization? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Of course, they they're probably. Uh, uh, they're already f- more advanced in the formation of faith. Uh, you know, the, their discernment to the priesthood at the Josephinum, but it's probably just, um, I've never asked them what they're, but I think it's their There'd be frater- interesting. For the fraternity. Yeah. You know, uh, our, our priests, as we all well know, are, are stretched very thin. And there's um, an unfortunate um, loneliness also that uh because of their days uh, ministering to everyone that's under their care and then arriving back to the rectory in the evening uh to have the support of 
brothers in Christ, I think it is just both uh, temporally as well as spiritually so important for our priests to have and to have an organization like the Knights of Columbus with them and behind them is so important. I think what also attracts them is our pro-life, strong pro-life stance. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the Josephinum seminarians go to pray uh, in front of the Planned Parenthood, which the Knights promote. Also, they were both active in the March for Life locally and uh, Washington. So I think that's probably what they're also uh, supporting the Knights for that and also looking to promote our pro- pro-life, the pro-life movement and, um, you know, support of um, um, human life from birth to natural death. Mm-hmm. What, Amanda? Oh, I guess I was just thinking even maybe just on a practical level. Um, I don't have any personal insight, of course, but maybe on a practical level, it makes so much sense for maybe a seminarian to start to integrate into the Knights if they know they're going to be very supported by them in their own parishes. And how great to start forming those relationships and understanding of how the Knights work. And yeah, because our, our Knights really do do a lot to support their priests. So. Eric Yang and Chris Sarka here in the St. Gabriel Cafe talking about the Knights of Columbus, how they support our our families, our parish communities, and our, our broader uh, communities. There's a bit of mystery surrounding um, the the Knights as as you know being a men's organization and having the different degrees and everything. How would you explain? Um, the four principles, um, cause it really, I mean, it, it's not a secret organization by any stretch of the imagination, but, um, but there is ceremony, there is ritual I- involved in going through, uh, the nights through the different degrees being, um, exposed and formed in each of the principles. So how, how do you explain that to a, to a young man that's interested? One. Well, Number one, I think this has really helped with our our younger membership as well, was there was a time and place a long time ago for the secrecy in a men's club or men's organization. Uh, today, there is no longer that need to have that. And the Knights made, a, I think, a wonderful choice to open up the ceremonies to families. Uh, it gives that experience... Uh, for each and every one to be exemplified in our four principles. Um, with our four principles, uh, charity, unity, fraternity, and patriotism, um, each part is really not so much a deeper dive to you have to contemplate on the understanding, but it's simplified in that exemplification. Um you know, there, there's a simple part of for unity where we provide each candidate with a string, a simple strand of, of string, and ask them to break that. And then we provide those same men to pull on two different uh, parts of a rope where hmm. all those strands are brought together. So it, it's, uh, we, we keep it. We keep it basic and simple to understand this is what you're being asked and called to do. 
You do not have to do this alone anymore. You are here to work together with all your brother knights and families. And uh, each part is explained that way in our ceremonies. So um, charity is the first principle, is unity the second? And, and so having that understanding of unity, stronger together than, as, than individuals, leads then to a better understanding of what fraternity is, which is the third principle. Um, so you mentioned before that the first time a new knight enters, he's exemplified in ch- uh, charity. But now we've unif- oh, we've uh, the supreme has uh, developed a new exemplification that knights are now exemplified under three principles at the same time. Oh, okay. So the only one that's secret, and that's as Chris mentioned, uh, families and friends are welcome to watch that. Uh, councils are encouraged to hold them after a mass within the church so that uh, others can watch. Uh, the only thing that's now secret is patriotism, which is the fourth degree. Mm-hmm. So uh, so charity, unity, and fellowship are, are, are together. Yeah. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense then. Um, I actually wasn't aware that patriotism was a part of the, yeah. uh, the tenants or the pillars of the knights. Is there a specific way that that's lived out? Absolutely. It's, uh, and I probably should let Eric talk. He's more, he's our current pilot, uh, with our, with our district three of Ohio. And, but, uh, you know, it, it may be a spoiler alert. It, it may not be secret <laughs> for much longer either. So it's, I'm, I'm sure the Knights are working to incorporate that into allowing families to, to see, uh, what it is we're exe- being exemplified on and asked to do. Uh, but, uh, for me to kind of personally sum it up, it, it's our, it's our call, uh, in our devotion to God and country, uh, to live out our civic duty, um, whether that be ensuring, uh, there is the, the right to vote and, and have that, uh, to, to support and, uh, give thanks to those who have served our country. Uh, we offer wonderful programs to serve our veterans and, uh, you know, those in need, uh, whether it be financial support or just that comfort to, uh, to visit those that may be, um, uh, you know, in a hospital or it's, it's our ability to, uh, stand up for what we believe in, in this great country we do live in. So, uh, it is a principle that came a little later in the night's. Uh, and, uh, but I think it's something, uh, that is important for, uh, all to all men to understand and have respect for and to grow into just as much we do with our other principles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that came about later on. I can't remember the date, but it's because as you know, uh, Catholics were, you know, being uh, accused of, uh, first being loyal to the Vatican. And so think that was the patriotism was established the fourth degree was established uh to uh emphasize that we are patriots to whatever country we are in because again uh, this is an international organization so we're talking about activities locally but so yeah we um support uh, veterans so as in terms of honor guards we provide honor guards for our deceased brother knights um 
and veterans. We uh, have color guards for Veterans Day mm-hmm. uh, festivities and parades and Memorial Day prayer services and such. So we uh, honor uh, veterans services. And I, th- I think that's a real important lead into uh, with the fourth degree and the patriot patriotism, patriotic principle of our order. And when we talk about the corporal works of mercy and the bury the dead, um, we, we offer that honor, that last salute to that brother Knight mm-hmm. for his service, for his family, uh, to offer comfort to their family and to remember that fellow brother Knight. And, uh, I think that is, uh, a wonderful thing we do. And, uh, it's, and drew my attention to the fourth degree, uh, many years ago. So, um, just grateful for the men that show up each and every day to provide that service to a fallen loved one. It, it, it's remarkably beautiful. Um, uh, going to, uh, a funeral and, and, and having the, the nights present there. I know we buried, uh, you know, friends, uh, a lot of friends around uh, uh, the community and knowing that they're being honored and uh, that their families are being cared for uh, just the, uh, yeah, I mean, just the love that that shows, you know, between brothers is, is really breathtaking. Now you also serve um, our Bishop at a number of events. Uh, the, color guard or honor guard at uh, at different masses confirmations uh jubilee of anniversaries uh, um so if uh, an honor guard is requested then i'll receive an email and i'll put out that request to assemblies and we're happy to fill it mm-hmm. uh, so uh this upcoming uh sunday will be uh at, at the installation of uh, father black as uh, pastor of uh St. Bridget. So that was, and of course, as you mentioned, will be uh, visible at the uh, posting of the colors at the men's conference. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, we'll have an honor guard for the mass, uh, closing mass at the men's conference. So we're, we're the most, vi- so the, uh, the night overall is most visible with the fish fries that are going on <laughs> right now during Lent. But, um, you know, we're the, most visible arm of the knights because we serve as honor guards and color guards. But mm-hmm. and um, I know also when uh, the Saint Jude relics were uh, coming through Columbus, the knights had a very strong presence there. Yeah. What the the purpose being to have that level of decorum and respect is, is that is that the purpose? Yeah, I, I think it's it's uh, that and that uh, that special devotion. So, whether it be a relic or our bishop or priest, mm-hmm. um, we're showing that respect and devotion to um, those we care about and, and love, and it's uh, it symbol of maybe protection as well. We're we're there to provide protection, mm-hmm. although. Uh, you know, we don't ask for a combative experience with, uh, you know, we may have swords, but they're a symbolic <laughs> presence. Uh, we, we don't ask for the physical confrontation. Uh, 
So even though I'm sure that comes up in many conversations with uh, maybe the community or parishioners when they see that, but it, it truly is, you know, it's uh, our, uh, you know, as they say, our, uh, it, it's our, it's our faith and good works that um, that sword is, is a representation of and uh, our willingness to defend the faith and honor individuals wherever they may be. I have a special memory of a, a funeral that uh, for a, a friend that had passed up in the Mansfield area and at the, uh, at the reception afterwards, uh, one of the knights was sitting at a, at a table showing the sword to, uh, to some uh, uh, younger boys, you know, probably you know, preteen anyway. And, and just, you know, they were able to hold it and, there, there was a connection there about this is a Catholic man, you know, and, and, and just that bond, uh, between, uh, between the generations was, uh, was very special. The website for the Knights of Columbus, kfc.org for our friends that are listening, what's the best way for them to take that next step into getting information or joining the Knights of Columbus? Well, they, the, the best way is is at your local parish to, to find fellow knights, uh, to talk with uh, the leadership, talk with your parish priest. Uh, I think just about all, all the parish priests in our diocese are directly connected with knights in some way or fashion, whether it be at their parish or at a neighboring parish. Um, obviously, at the diocesan level, we have Eric and myself. Our contact information is out there. Um, but, uh, we, we definitely ask to experience at the local level. That's where the call is for a brother night, uh, to serve as parish and community and, uh, to grow into the order. And, uh, but there, there's, there's always somebody you can, you can reach, uh, with emails and, mm-hmm. and, and phones, cell phones, uh, our contact information is out there. So if there's ever a every challenge to find the right person to talk to obviously uh eric and myself are the last resort within the diocese <laughs> chris sarka eric yang thanks so much thank you for all the great work that the knights do we're so grateful to have you guys well thank, thank you. you it's been a pleasure glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be a world without end amen amen we'll we're back tomorrow morning with father han and deacon carter see you tomorrow morning